Aloha, party people, and happy holidays. You are listening to Inside the Desert Oasis Room, episode number 154. This episode is sponsored by Tandawai Rum, the world's largest rum producer and winner of over 170 international medals in the past four decades. Check out their webpage at tandawaiusa.com or follow them on Facebook or Instagram at tandawaiusa. For this last episode of 2019, we'd like to thank our sponsors Tandawai Rum, Tiki Bar T-Shirt Club, Tonga Hut, Tiki Tea, and Steadfast Pomade for their continued support, as well as all of our listeners who tune in every week. Thank you all for making Inside the Desert Oasis Room possible. And as always, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did bringing it to you. If you enjoy this podcast, please give us a good rating. Doing so helps people find the show and helps boost our presence. Also, subscribing makes it easier for you to follow our adventures. And subscribers always get new releases first. You can find previous episodes at our website, DesertOasisRoom.com, as well as links to our social media, along with links to our guest websites and their social media. And if you'd like to leave us a tip, click on the tip jar. Okay, this episode is a fun one. Pour yourself a drink and join me and my friends for our special holiday episode. What's happening, party people? We are back with another episode of Inside the Desert Oasis Room. And today is our holiday and New Year's special. We're walking around, we're asking our friends to tell us their favorite holiday or New Year's story. So I'm going to start with mine. Can you hear me okay? So my story is a Christmas story. I have a bunch of New Year's stories, but I'm going to start with like a heartwarming story. When I was about six or seven years old, Santa came to my house. My, my parents woke me up and said, come here, Santa came to the house. So I walked out to the, the fireplace and I saw the gifts and I thought, holy moly, Santa was actually here. Like I was actually very excited about that, that he was in my house, right? And. The following year, when that happened, I recognized my mom's handwriting on the gifts. So then I started thinking, oh, this can't be, this can't be Santa, right? So we had a Christmas party, and my, my uncle dressed up as Santa, and I recognized his shoes. And so all of us kids started pulling on his beard and pulling on the hat and all that stuff and we're like you're not Santa and he was hanging onto his beard and trying to keep everything together but he was outed right and so I knew Santa didn't exist anymore after that point but for the next couple of years I totally milked it I totally <laughs> I totally pretended that I believed so that I could get my Santa gifts and there was a time when I don't know I was maybe it was about 12 or 13 years old where my dad sat us down before Christmas and he said alright guys 
you all know that Santa's not real, right? And we did, right? But he made us admit to it. And so, okay, the jig is up. Santa's not real. Okay. And he said, so no more Santa gifts because you guys are like, you're getting two gifts and, you know, it's, it's not helping our budget. So you only get one gift now. I'm like, ah, oh, shit. So I try to do the same thing with my kids, right? But I fucked up because my son, I, I, I don't think he was quite that age yet. I think maybe he was around 10 or 11 when I started thinking like, you know, I think he knows that Santa's not real. So I sat him down and I had to talk with him and I said, you know, Santa's not real, right? And he said, really? And then he started, and I could tell that like the wheels were turning in his head. He would like look up and then he would look at me and he'd say, so you mean that one time that blah, 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 that was you? And I'd be like, yeah, that was me. And then he'd say, so that other time that blah, 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 that was you? And I'm like, yeah, that was me. And so he was like, oh, wow. And so I fucked up, right? So I kind of, I messed it up for him. Like he still believed in Santa, right? But he was a good big brother to my daughter. And he pretended that he believed for the next few years for her benefit. Like he knew that there was no Santa, but he played along so that my daughter wouldn't, like the magic would still be there for her. And in the end, I never had that talk with her. Like she figured it out on her own. Her brother told her. So, so that's my Christmas story. So I'm going to hand the microphone to you. So for our audience out there, this is our friend McBiff. McBiff, artist extraordinaire. Our friend who does all kinds of cool Disney art. And we are here at 320 Main. We're going to get either a Christmas... Or a New Year's Eve story. So you gotta, you're going to have to tell our audience. So I'm going to hand the mic to McBiff. All right. Well, my story's not so heartwarming as that. <laughs> but I do have a pretty good uh, New Year's Eve story. Back when I was partying, like it was 1999. Back in the day, I was a young kid. I was a bouncer at Club Metro. If anybody remembers that joint out in Riverside. And it was like four or five months in. And they had me working the door, and um, everybody's going crazy because it's New Year's Eve. It's 1999, you know. It's like the biggest New Year's ever, and man, we get pulled into this big old fight inside the club. Like, just everybody's going at it. They're just drunk and stupid, and we had to pull out, I don't know, five or six dudes, big dudes. And um, we let two of them stay inside, but the guys that came out were just so mad. So how long did you work there? Oh, I worked there until that night. Because <laughs> I, I, I probably, you probably checked my ID. Sure I did, yeah. I kicked it. I wouldn't let a lot of people in, man. <laughs> they were just like, oh, their pants are too baggy. Don't let them in or whatever. I'm like, all right. <laughs> so I, needless to say, I got in a lot of fights working there. It taught me how to fight anyway. So... <laughs> This is where it gets bad, though. You know, we're outside. It's like 2 in the morning. Everybody's starting to come out. We didn't know that the guys we threw out earlier were waiting for these other two guys. And then as soon as they saw them walk out, they just started shooting. Dude, was this a gang thing? Uh, I don't know if it was a gang. It was more just like their feelings got really hurt and they just wanted to kill them because it's Rubido and that's just what you do in Rubido, I guess, you know? So... 
I saw the guns come in. They, they did a straight-up drive-by, man. Like, they came by in their car. They rolled down the windows, and I saw a gun pop out, and I told everybody to get down. You know, I was like, get down! <laughs> and holy shit! No, so when you said get down, did they know what you meant, or did or did they just start like dancing harder? Yeah, yeah, dude, like one guy started dancing. <laughs> I was like, you're gonna get shot. <laughs> so I know we're laughing, but one guy did get killed. Oh no, that's that's not good. I know it's a bad story, but it was an insane New Year's Eve, and. I mean, I heard the bullets go by, and it all—it felt like it lasted for minutes, but it was like ten seconds, you know. So one of the guys got shot. I heard he died because they took him in an ambulance. But I was like, "That's it, I quit." That was my last night there. I was like, "Wow, did you have to go to court or anything like that?" For I didn't have to go do any of that, you know. I, I heard the management team did, but I mean, they tried to get a hold of me. I said, "I don't want nothing to do with it. I don't know who those guys are, and I don't want to come after me." I saw nothing, <laughs> you know. Wow, so that there's a typical night at the Metro in Riverside. <laughs> yeah, seriously, man. So tell me, when you were working at the Metro, so I've been there a few times, and the, to be quite honest, the Metro was the kind of place that we would go to if we had nothing else to do, right? So what did that place used to be? I think it was a supermarket at one point, but it was Club Metro for so long, like 20-something years. Yeah, so because it was giant and it had multiple rooms, and it was Metro forever. Yeah, it was big. I mean, I was working there when it was really busy, you know, the line went down the street, and it was a melting pot full of just everybody. You got all these gothic kids in makeup standing next to all these crazy gangster looking dudes you know next to all these alternative looking guys next to all these pop star looking kids it was like the weirdest place ever but everybody loved it for some reason <laughs> until that night it totally was do you know what's there today i i don't think anything's there today but i know after the club closed they turned it into like an indoor swap meet for a while oh wow that's interesting well, thanks for your wholesome holiday story. <laughs> you got it, man. The interesting life, many stories of McBiff, I guess. <laughs> there you go. There you go, party people. The interesting life of McBiff. Hey, let's tell everybody where they can find your stuff if you want to give a plug. Oh, yeah, McBiff.com. It's easy. Or just look up McBiff on Instagram. I'm right there. So. Awesome. Thanks for sharing your story, McBiff. Thank you. Aloha. 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 Okay, we are here with our friend Boris Hamilton, who has a story he'd like to share. It's a New Year's Eve story, and uh, I was still in high school. It was like my senior year, and I had a friend that worked at the Balboa Island Ferry. And we went down there on New Year's Eve to see what was going on and see when we was going to get off work. And it was just me and maybe four or five friends, and... Then another friend of ours showed up on a scooter and waited for the ferry to come back. So we put him on the ferry boat, and then we took the ferry boat and drove it around the bay. Oh, did you really? Yeah. And then after that, we like we, we you know we just put it back in the regular channel where it goes. And then a couple years later, he tried it again and got fired. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, Todd. It was my friend Todd. Um, it was a good time. It was a good so, time. so for for the people that think that thing is on rails, it's not. It's not. It's a real boat. 
it's supposed to just go back and forth, but we drove it around the bay. Or, wow, that's so cool. Yeah, it, it's a cool memory. Happy New Year. All right, Happy New Year, everybody. Thanks, Boris. Okay, we are here with our friend Matt Ellingson, who is, what would we say, what is your role at Club 33? Uh, would be manager and sommelier. Manager and sommelier. Oh, that's pretty impressive, man. I don't know anything about wine, so that's really great. I'm glad you're impressed. We can just stop right now, because I may have peaked with that. <laughs> right. Right, there we go. So I believe Matt has a fun story about New Year's. Is that correct? Yeah, the, the first year that I, I took the job at Club 33, I got to escape to Vegas for New Year's. And one of my servers said, oh, if you're going, you have to put money on 33. And I was like, oh, you're, you're crazy. Like I, She's like, no, at midnight, you have to do it. And she believes in a lot of, you know, fate and whatnot. So I'm like, I almost, I think I have to believe her. Like, so we go out and I had to work out the whole night to be at the roulette table at midnight and I'm standing there and it takes a while for the table to reset, you know? So I'm like, it's almost midnight. I turned to my girlfriend. I said, is it this spin or is it the next one? She said, no, it's the next one. I'm like, okay. So I'm like waiting for him to get ready again before I put my money out on 33. He rolls the ball around clock strikes, hits 33. Dude, couldn't believe it. Dude, so did you take your girlfriend out? Uh, yeah, we were already out, and I treated her to the oyster bar at Palace Station, and she was pretty happy. So yeah, it was all right. Very nice. So I'm gonna share you with you my New Year's story, which is not as good as that one. This was a, a 20 years ago, whenever Treasure Island opened, and they used to have those swashbucklers that would swing back and forth, right? So. I thought it'd be cool to be out there when New Year's hit, and around 10.30, 10.45, something like that, I went to the bathroom so that I wouldn't have to worry about that while I was stuck in the crowd. And if you go through the double doors between the boats, the bathroom is like down the hall and like maybe to the left or something, and or to the right. Use the bathroom, walk back out, and for whatever reason, I guess that was the time people thought that they should all gather to watch this show and stake their spots and I got stuck in that hallway with there were gaming machine gaming tables I think or gaming machines on each side of the hallway the door is probably only 25 30 feet in front of me and I see it and it's like I want to go to it but I can't move right and sure enough there was a countdown and when midnight hit I saw like stuff happening through the door, but I was stuck in the hallway. That's how I spent my midnight in Las Vegas from afar. <laughs> yeah, I did. I didn't win any money. How much did you win on roulette? I think it was like eight hundred bucks or something, eight or nine hundred bucks. Dude, you had a good weekend. It was it was a good weekend. It was a good start to the year for sure. Very cool. So, are you going to go back and do that again this year? Yeah, it's been a tradition uh, for like the last four years. Very nice. How many numbers are on a roulette table? Isn't it like 30, is it 35 or is it 30? What, is it 36 and then two double zero or two zeros, a zero and a double zero? So they do that to, I guess like it, it's supposedly like it changes the odds from betting red or black. So it's no longer a 50-50 bet. Changes the odds to everything because it'll, there's 36 numbers and then two other spots, but they only pay you 35 to one. So that's the house edge. So if you're betting on red or black, it's not 50%. It's actually less than 50%. So, yeah, they're going to find the edge wherever they can. Yeah, of course. It's Vegas. I always tell people that that town was not built with a bunch of winners. No, no, it wasn't. 
it's that one guy five years ago that won 10 grand that I've been chasing his dream like forever and just about losing my car payment you know ever since but that's how they get you man that's how they get you thanks for being on the show Matt of course happy holidays brother all right cheers Hi, my name is Jen. Adrian asked me if I had any good stories about Christmas or New Year's, and I do have a good New Year's Eve story. It's actually from last year. I went to Alex's bar in Long Beach with my friend, because it was a couple good bands playing, the Bomboras and a few other people. And when there was a break between the bands, um, I went to the bathroom, and girls always make friends in the bathroom, and there was a girl really pretty blonde girl that was about two people in front of me. She had a hat on. We started chatting. We were both a little buzzed. And then when we came out of the stalls and we were washing our hands at the same time, I thought, let's take a selfie. So I said we should. And we took a bunch of silly pictures in the mirror. And then we come bounding out the door, all laughing and having so much fun together. And my friend is standing there. And the blonde girl is his ex-girlfriend that he used to live with. Oh, that's fun. I thought so. Well, thanks for sharing your story. Okay, thanks. Before we go into our next segment, I'd like to mention we have a new Tiki mug out for 2020. This mug is based on the old vintage monkey pod souvenirs that were carved in the Philippines and sold all over Hawaii in the 60s and 70s. Pre-orders are open now. And they're selling pretty fast. So if you want one, go to DesertOasisRoom.com to get yours today before they're all sold out. Once again, that's DesertOasisRoom.com. This podcast is also brought to you by Steadfast Pomade, a strong-holding, medium-bodied styling product for men and women, which leaves your hair looking slick, neat, and shiny with a clean, fresh scent. Order yours today at SteadfastPomade.com. Okay, party people, we are back. And so our next story is by my friend Fabio. Fabio, how do you say your last name? Silveira. Silveira. Okay, I make sure that I say that correctly. So our friend Fabio has a fun story that he wants to share, and I have no idea what it's going to be, but he has to apparently have his wife Karen with him to tell this story. So I'm going to hand this over to Fabio, and Fabio can tell us this fun story. All right, so what happened was... It was New Year's, right, in Vegas. So anything that happens in Vegas is supposed to stay in Vegas, but I guess it's coming out. So, <laughs> so we go. Oh no, this is awesome. Actually, it wasn't horrible. It was it was pretty amazing. Okay. So um, we go to this place, and uh, I mean, we we it was um, it was me, Karen, her dad, and his girlfriend, right? Oh, and Gabby, and. Uh, so we get this place, we go to this place, and uh, we're like rooftop, and there's like all this stuff going on, it's open bar, and we're having a blast, man. So we're just like, you know, partying it all out, and it was like her dad's like, I mean, at this time he was like 73, yeah, and uh, it was his first like ever like Vegas New Year's, like on, on a rooftop, and it was just like, and he's all like, whoa, right? Dude, I want to be doing that when I'm 73. Right? Exactly, man. He's a rocker, dude. I mean, that dude's awesome. But uh, but the funny part about it was like, because I, I kind of worked it out with this guy a the, the couple of days before, right? 
And, uh, I mean, we had our own little corner in there, and it was, you know, like they, they had, like, I'm like, hey, this guy, he's got a bad knee. He's going to need chairs, you know. So they actually gave us a table, you know, and, like, all this stuff. I mean, it was nice, man. I mean, we had it all set up, like, you know. So it was perfect. So we're having a good time, dancing, drinking, you know, having a blast. So night goes on, fireworks, beautiful, perfect New Year's Eve, right? We had a blast. So now we leave. Now we got to go find the Uber, right? So we're walking to where the Uber is and everything, you know. So we find the Uber spot and we get in our Uber. And we're all great. We're all feeling great, you know. Until all of a sudden, I'm not great anymore. <laughs> so I'm like, are you guys okay? It's hot in here, right? And, and so how much did you drink at this point? Many, many Moscow mules, okay. right? I lost count at that point. So, but I'm totally feeling fine until I'm not. We get in the car, it just got super hot, and I'm rolling down the window, right? And the driver goes like, don't puke in my car, you know? And I'm like, at this point, everything goes like kind of dark, and I can't hear anything, I can't see anything. These people are all talking, and I have no idea what's going on, right? And yeah, it definitely feel like I was roofie, right? And all I remember is like, we're on this trip, and we're stuck in traffic, and I see cars going by, and my head goes out the window. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah, that's my New Year story. I, I need to make a withdrawal. <laughs> All right, well, I was going to talk about Christmas, but I guess with these New Year stories, it just brought back memories of my uh, youth. And uh, so, let me tell you my, I guess most eventful New Year's story. So I think it was like 1920. This is like 2005 when the new Mustang just came out, right? I remember this. You'll, you'll get it later. But um, so me and my buddies decided to go out to L.A. for New Year's. We went to go see a ska band. I think it was like like C-Spot or Hepcat or something. I was driving my mom's 95 Ford Explorer. This is the one that had the Firestone tires that used to roll over, right? There's 10 grown men in this Ford Explorer driving down to LA. I'm driving you know, maybe with a road soda in my hand or two. And I just decide, oh, my buddies are in the back seat. Let me swerve real quick to toss them around a little, right? So as soon as I start swerving, that, that Ford Explorer goes up on two wheels and I'm just like oh crap, here we go. So I'm just trying to hold the damn car, trying to roll over with my ten buddies in it, right? So I recover. We're good to go. You know, we forget about it. We go out. We enjoy our night in uh, L.A. So we parked in a parking structure. You know, I hate paying for parking. This parking structure was free parking. So it's like, perfect. Let me park here. And then after the event was after midnight, obviously. Well, the parking structure closed at 11 o'clock. So I'm sitting there in the middle of L.A. with my 10 friends in my mom's car. And I can't get to the car. I'm like, oh, <laughs> crap. I'm in trouble. <laughs> she didn't even know I took the car. <laughs> That's one of my biggest fears is having a car get parked, uh, get locked in a parking lot. Well, yeah, we, yeah, we were locked. So I'm sitting there like, what do we do? Like the gate was closed. There was the arm down. And we're trying to figure out what the hell to do. So we're sitting there for about an hour. I'm like, dude, I think we're going to end up sleeping on a park bench. I mean, I'm 20 years old. I don't got any money. We're not paying for a hotel. 
you know? So it's like, we're going to end up sleeping on the street of L.A. tonight, man, you know? And finally, we see a guy driving out of the parking structure with a brand new Ford Mustang. That's why I figured it was 2005, that new body style. Well, he was looking super sketchy. He had white gloves on and just kind of looking at us like, oh, God, we got caught. And we're looking at him like, dude, is this guy stealing this car? And he's just kind of like, it was like gone in 60 seconds. He just, whoop, he peeled out of that place. But since he came through, the gates open. So I had four of my buddies holding the gate back while I ran up to the top of this parking structure, pulled my Explorer down. But the little arm was down, so we couldn't get out. So my other buddy grabbed the arm and peels it completely back at a 90 as I just peel out of that place and had another buddy holding the, holding his jacket over the license plate. So we got out of the parking structure. Uh, we got home. My mom never knew I found had the car. <laughs> and it was a great uh, New Year's. <laughs> That's a great way to start the new year, isn't it? <laughs> My biggest fear is dying. <laughs> you know what? So, believe it or not, believe it or not, I, I actually don't really have a fear of dying, but I don't want to die because I don't want to leave my kids fatherless. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not actually scared of dying. Like I, I can accept death. But I just don't want to, I don't want my kids to become orphans. You know what I mean? I'm only afraid of dying because I've been a bad, bad boy. <laughs> oh, okay. But, you know, but look. So there's that old joke, right? You don't want to go to heaven. All your friends are down in hell, you know? Exactly. <laughs> That's where all my friends will be. <laughs> all right. So now we were talking about Christmas. And, uh, you know, you told your story with, you know, your son. And, uh. Like said, Sarah, Sarah said earlier, it's like, I still legitimately believe in Santa Claus. To this day, th- I do. To, to this day, 30-something years old, I legitimately think believe in Santa Claus. It's still to the point where um, I was working an event the other day. We were taking pictures with a Santa Claus, and I'm sitting there for like three hours starstruck at the Santa Claus. Like, like I legitimately believe in it. So let me ask you this. And... and, and at the risk of breaking one of my own rules, you know, all of my listeners, well, I don't know if my listeners know this, but my guests know that I refrain from talking about politics or religion. But in this case, I got to ask, are you atheist? <laughs> I actually am. <laughs> well, so you, you well, don't believe in God, but you believe in Santa. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, I mean, it's just like the, the concept of like Christmas and Santa. Like I said, when I, when I grew up as a kid, like I said, my parents have never can't go out. Even to this day, you ask my mom if Santa exists, and she says, absolutely. You know? So do you believe in Santa as a concept, or do you actually believe in a, a man that flies a sleigh and drops off gifts to every kid in the world? Both. <laughs> I believe, like I said, I, I feel like, you know... Well, the Easter Bunny is, I mean, come on, a bunny eggs doesn't make sense. Tooth Fairy makes, totally makes sense. I mean, that's just weird. A bunny, I mean, I don't know. But Santa Claus coming around, you know, giving kids a presents, I mean, it, I, I love it. I, I totally believe it. It's actually really cute because every time he sees Santa, he's like, Santa! Like, it's so emotional. Yes. Oh, I, I do. I, I see him and I'm just like, oh my God, there he is. Do you see him? Like, he's really here. He loves getting photos with Santa, sitting on his lap, the whole shebang. It's really cute. You, so you sit on his lap and you tell him what you want for Christmas. Absolutely. You know, world peace, obviously, right? 
No, I said like, you know, and like growing up as a kid, you know, like my parents have always like had the Santa gift. You you come home and and it's never something you ask for. It's just something like, I guess Santa knew you wanted, and it, and it was it was just always like so like. What, the parent? My how? My parents know. I never told them. Santa knew because he knows everything. Obviously, you know. But like you, you wake up Christmas or Christmas Day, and you know, all the presents are there, and you know, it's just like an amazing time. And whenever a kid tells me they don't believe in Santa, you look at him like, "Are you crazy, man? Santa's obviously real because none of this could actually happen." Do you track Santa at the NORAD website on Christmas Eve to see where he is? I do. I actually put it on the TV and live track them. <laughs> so let me ask you this. So I have a friend who for many, many years, probably for more than a decade, was a mall Santa. And um, so let me back up and say this real quick. I'm not going to say his name, but he did it because he loved having high school girls sit in his lap and take and take pictures with him, right? And, and, and he has a Disney pass. He has an annual pass that he gets by. He has no kids. He's not married. He has no kids. And so I call it the pedo pass. So the, the, the pass that the single guys get to walk around Disneyland, right? I call that the pedo pass. So anyway, what are your thoughts about those Santas? Well, I mean, obviously that's not really Santa. And, the, and the, you know, it's one of his elves that need to be punished and put on the naughty list, you know? But, like... To, to this day, too, I was even telling Sarah, it's like, I can't wait till I'm old where I could be in Mall Santa. You know, my family has, like, their beards go white. So one day, I want to be Santa. It's Tell me. them what happened when your dad was at the mall with Maddie. Oh, my dad My dad went to the mall the other day to take my niece to take uh, pictures with Santa. And he's, he's walking away. That Santa, like, calls him back. He's like, come here, guy. Come here. Like, like a little weird, like, side thing. He's like, do you need a job? <laughs> So you think that's weird, man. Try growing up in Brazil as a little kid, and it's 110 degrees outside in the summer, and everybody's wearing shorts and flip-flops, and here comes this dude, you know, wearing, like, all this freaking clothes and, like, his sweating, and we go, like, what a freaking weirdo, man. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a freak. You got uh, you guys ever jump him? Like, it's like... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we're like, it's like, this guy's just wearing all this clothes. He's like, not from here, obviously. You know, he's got a bag full of stuff. Let's just go get him, you know? <laughs> you guys ever do the um, Santa Con where everybody dresses up as Santa and then they go on a bar crawl? They do it once a year. Yeah. Do you know about it? Yeah, they, yeah, they just did one in uh, Riverside, the, uh, the Santa Crawls. Those things are awesome. We're like, you have like a thousand Santas just going bar to bar. Yeah, so it started up in San Francisco, and everybody dresses up in some kind of, some form of Santa, right? All the hot chicks dress up as, like, slutty Santa, and, like, you know, like, most of the guys, they, they wear pillows and shit. Well, you know, I shouldn't say most of them would do that, but, but they all dress up like a Santa of some sort, and there's an itinerary by the, the event organizers that is set up to where you can follow this itinerary, and you can jump into the crawl or the caravan at any time. Sometimes they'll get, all get on the train, thousands of them, like a, like a thousand or two thousand. So I did this like, it was a while ago, it was probably 12, 13, 14 years ago. And I had a Santa suit and I just remember like, we were in, we went down to like, 
Pershing Square or something. There was at one point where we were on a bunch of double-decker buses. There's probably like eight double-decker buses. And we had gotten off the buses to go to this one. It was a bar of some sort. We were cutting through Pershing Square. And there was a Santa there that was, you know, taking um, pictures with kids and all of that. And when he saw, like, hundreds of Santas, like, running towards him, the look of horror in his face was actually pretty comical. Yeah. Dude, that's a great shtick to, like, rob a bank. You get a thousand Santas going into a bank, it's like, who was it? <laughs> I know, right? It's Santa. It was Santa. So, you know, it's funny that you say that because that movie Point Break, do you remember Point Break? Oh, yeah. So, Point Break was bank robbers that were wearing... <laughs> right, right, right. My favorite Keanu line. So, so they were wearing masks of presidents, right? Yeah. Former presidents, and they're robbing banks that way. And I, I, one of the things I remember, and that's funny, Karen. I, I I forgot about that line. It's funny. One of the things that I remember was when Gary Busey's character said, "I figured it out. They're surfers," and he jumped on the desk and put his arms out like he was surfing. And I thought, okay, why all the drama, dude? This is so fucking stupid. Like, who does that, right? Who fucking does that? You can't just say, you can't just like be serious and be like, they're surfers. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. So, but no, no diss to my friend John Philbin. So John Philbin, who played Turtle in the North Shore, was actually on the podcast, and he would, he played Nathaniel in that movie. He was one of the bank robbers. So, so shout out to John Philbin. So, I'm surprised that, or maybe I shouldn't be surprised that. None of my friends so far has any kind of story about feeding the homeless or working at a food bank or doing the toys for tots and donating toys. That's something that you do as an adult. And as an adult, most of us have to work on Christmas. So we're just like, eh. Yeah, I, I suppose. Do we have any more stories? I'm looking at Sarah. Sarah? Sarah? Yes, no? I'm like, ugh. <laughs> it's so hard because we were talking about that on the way over like what story should we tell and stuff like that and I you said something like nice like what's your favorite year and I feel like this year I just wanted to like say that like we just have a great group of friends now and like just this year has been amazing yeah and so it just it makes me awesome to be just or makes me happy to be surrounded by so many awesome people this year Okay, thanks for changing the mood, Sarah. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so sorry. And all the listeners just tuned out. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just want to say my favorite kind of Santas are the skydiver Santas. <laughs> are they really skydiver Santas? Oh, yeah, like they jump all together and everything. It's like it's pretty awesome. With the suit and everything? Yeah, there'll be like 20, 30, 40 of them like all jumping together, all skydiving Santas, man. Do they ever lose their hats or beards? <laughs> Probably. Oh, I'm going to have to Google that. How would they lose their beards? They're real, man. Oh, that's right. Santa's real. Sorry. Sorry, kids. Skydiving Elvis. 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 Elvi. L-O-L-V-I, because it's plural. Yeah, they do have those. I think that's a real thing, right? Yes, totally. Have you guys seen them? Like, So, it was Honeymoon in Vegas where they kind of got popularized. Do they really skydive in Vegas? Yes, I've seen them. You know Bruno Mars was the little baby Elvis in that movie, right? I know he was. 
he's a great dancer and I think he's an awesome entertainer. He's a very talented individual. So no diss to Bruno Mars. My wife loves Bruno Mars. Well, talking movies, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yes. Yes? Yes. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think everybody would say that it is. So watch out for your social media because you know the, the secret crawl group that I was uh, a part of with Boris, who is not here tonight. Uh, we did our Christmas, our group Christmas photo at Nakatomi Plaza. Yes. I saw a shirt that said, I survived Nakatomi, Nakatomi Plaza Christmas party. And all I got was a shirt, and I'm like, I need it. <laughs> there you go. I need one, too. And I never saw the movie because I hate Bruce Willis. What? What? You're ridiculous. I totally hate... Oh, no. I hate... I can't stand him. Him and Simple Shepherd? It was such a great show. The only movie that I've seen with him in it was Pulp Fiction, because I liked Pulp Fiction, uh, and he just happened to be in it. I'm, like, shocked right now. Well, so here's the thing. Like, do you have an actor that you don't like? How adorable was he in his Seagram's commercial? No, no, adorable? No, fuck that guy. Here, here's the thing about Bruce Willis. Just because he was the spokesperson for Seagram's. They tasted like shit, but... Like, oh, they, taste, they tasted really bad, but I just, like, I loved him. He's adorable. First of all, you can say shit. We're all adults. And, and, the, and the podcast is marked explicit on iTunes, so it's all good. But I will say this. Here's why I don't like Bruce Willis. Because I truly believe that he thinks he's a badass that he plays in the movies when he's really a drama geek. Right? right? What about him on Glass? On Glass? I, I don't know the movie Glass. I don't know the movie Glass. What was the one that he was in? What was the one that he was in? Unbreakable. Unbreakable. Yeah, he was really good. I didn't watch Unbreakable because if he was in it, I probably avoided it. But 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 here's the thing. I mean, like he's a superhero. He like, thinks he thinks he's a superhero. Sin, sin, no, but he really believes that he's a badass in real life. Santa thinks he's a superhero. You like him? That's Randall. <laughs> so so no, but seriously, I, he really thinks he's a badass in real life, and he plays pretend for a living. Do you remember when you played pretend? When you put your arms out and your mom put food in your mouth and you ran around the living room like an airplane? I still do that. See? <laughs> See? <laughs> so then can we go into our favorite Christmas movies then? Not The Godfather. Sorry, Ross. Sorry. <laughs> All right, no Godfather. Okay, where should we start? Do, do you have a favorite? Uh, are we going to start with... I, I'm not really a Christmas movie kind of person, but the first one that comes to mind is probably like the Home Alone series because um, it's just it's fun and Joe Pesci, you know, Joe Pesci as a bumbling robber, Home Alone. Oh, Home Alone. So, I was gonna say Home Alone. Okay, sorry, sorry to burst your bubble, but you can say it too. So Randall's favorite Christmas movie is actually um, a Christmas story. So his whole life. <laughs> He's been wanting the Red Rider BB gun. <laughs> My dream. And I have yet to get it to yeah. Dude, you don't want that. You'll shoot your eye out. <laughs> nah, I can't deny that. I might shoot my eye out. I do stupid stuff. <laughs> you know, what's funny is that movie plays on, on Christmas Day every year. 
and I watch it at the family parties during Christmas Day. And I don't think I've ever seen it from beginning to end uninterrupted. I think I've only watched it in pieces on Christmas Day. You know what I mean? So, I mean, because that's how it is, right? Like, Well, for the longest time, I said it's been my favorite movie, but that's how I've always seen it, too. I've always seen the middle, the end, and then the beginning to the middle. I've, like, for the longest time until maybe, like, three years ago when I actually bought the movie and watched it beginning to end. And I was like, oh, this is way better. We bought it, we bought it on DVD when we first met. <laughs> oh, nice. See? My Christmas favorite, my... My Christmas favorite, <laughs> my favorite Christmas movie is uh, Christmas Vacation. It's hilarious. Oh yeah, that's a great one too. You know, another one that I like too is Elf. I like Elf, so that's a fun, that's another fun one. So let me ask you this: Have you ever put your tongue on a frozen light pole? I actually have. I did it because of that movie. So I used to work up at the ski resort Mountain High. One time I was on the lift and I was like, I want to try this, and I licked the lift pole. My tongue got stuck, and I about freaked out because it was right when I was about to, like, I was supposed to get off. So I just, like, ripped my head away, <laughs> and my tongue, like, I couldn't taste right for, like, two months. Just like Dumb and Dumber. Just like Dumb and <laughs> So did you not have, like, water with you before you did that so that you could... No, I was I was working, you know, so I didn't even, like, think about it. I just saw a pole, and I was, it was super frosty, and I'm like, I'm going to try it. <laughs> So I saw this video on YouTube the other day of this guy that he did that, and and he had actually warm water, and he said, look, and you can see the steam coming from the water, and he said, I'm prepared before I stick my tongue on this light pole, just in case I have to, like, melt it back off. So he took this hot water, and he put it down by his feet, and then he stuck his tongue onto the, the, the light pole or flagpole, whatever kind of pole it was, and it stuck. And you could see him trying to pull it off, and it stuck. But because he stood up when he put his tongue on it, he couldn't reach the hot water. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> so, so he got he was stuck, right? Uh, that yeah, I I didn't think it actually worked. I thought it was just in the movies, and um, little I know, like a twenty-year-old kid with his tongue stuck to a pole. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, what are your favorites, Fabio? I thought getting stuck only worked for dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, Joe Dirt when the dog gets his uh, sack stuck to the porch and he sees a spatula. <laughs> no, but seriously, um, growing up in Brazil, you know, we didn't have real trees, so we just had like those little aluminum trees, and they're like they all look like Charlie Brown trees. So, so I always liked peanuts. That that's been my favorite. You always like penis? Is that what you said? Peanuts, the movie. Oh, peanuts. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Charlie Brown. Charlie See, Brown. I, <laughs> I heard penis. Get, get your mind out of the gutter, dude. <laughs> Just because we're talking about dogs. <laughs> now, did you have a color wheel on that tree? The what? Did you have a color wheel on that tree? No, we had nothing, man. It was just green. But So it wasn't an aluminum tree, like a vintage aluminum tree? No, it was just a fake plastic thing, you know, just like... Charlie Brown tree, man. That's awesome. I don't know, man. I kind of, I kind of dig the Charlie Brown tree. You know, my wife wants to make our tree look like a department store tree. You know, and she does a pretty good job with it. But it's like, you know, year after year, we just keep adding, or she, I should say, she keeps adding to the Christmas decor because she wants to change the theme every year. And this year, when we took all the boxes down to bring them in the house, 
I looked at the garage and I said to my son, look, dude, it looks like we're moving because when we cleared all the Christmas boxes out, I never, I never see that wall until all the boxes are down, right? And then sure enough, she only uses like a third of what we bring down. The other, all the rest of it, like two thirds of it, we, we don't use because it's not the theme. So you're just the moving crew. I'm just the moving crew. Yeah, man. I mean, like, look, man. That's I know my role, dude. She just points and tells me where things go. Like, yeah. So that's what I do. So. Well, that's like Randall and his dad. They like literally team up together to take all the boxes down and his mom won't touch any of them or help out. As soon as they're in the house, it's her job to put it all out because they don't know what to do. And then they're stuck outside like for days putting up Christmas lights, which is crazy. And they actually have, so their Christmas decor in the yard is a tractor with cows. <laughs> it's awesome. Like like a hillbilly Griswolds. <laughs> we have a a, jo- a Santa with a John Deere tractor and uh, overalls. He's getting pulled by three ca- three pigs, you know, okay. when pigs fly. And then when it's getting, and then Rudolph is the cow that jumped over the moon. <laughs> Dude, that sounds like. Did, where did you did you grow up in San Bernardino? Yeah, I grew up in San Bernardino. <laughs> I had to throw that out there, right? Grew up in the hood. I had to bring a little bit of that little country flavor, right? You know? <laughs> hey, you know, I, there was a time in my life when I was jealous of people who lived in San Bernardino because you were at the bottom of Big Bear, and it was easier for you guys to get up the mountain than wherever where I lived. Yeah, I mean, like, we were right there at the foothills, you know? But, I mean, Mountain High was closer, and everyone hates Mountain High, but it's like, I could... I could get there in 30 minutes, get a couple rides in, get a couple beers, and then be home and still be productive. Versus Big Bear, I mean, that's an all that's an all day project there. You know, we're only 30 miles away, but it ends up being three hours when it's snowing. You know? Yeah, I get it. I get it. So I think we should start a new tradition. Because everybody like always makes you know wishes and like they they say like you know what they're gonna do next year but they do that during new years i think we should like set our goals for christmas so my goal for next christmas is i just saw this youtube video when there was a dog decorating the christmas tree i want to train my dogs to decorate our christmas tree that's good so you're a dog person and i'm a cat person so like my goal is to keep my cat out of the tree. <laughs> right? So that's my goal for next Christmas. Actually, both of them, to get both, keep both of them out of the tree. So I don't know if this is really a goal, but every time I watch um, the, the Grinch, <laughs> the new one, <laughs> I always, always dream for the light cannon that she has to put up all the Christmas lights. <laughs> like, I wish that would come out this year, and it never does. So if someone out there can make that happen, that would be an awesome wish or goal <laughs> for the new year. Well then, my goal, so in my old age, I'm starting to do Christmas earlier. You know, I've always been that guy that's like, Christmas doesn't start till the day after Thanksgiving, you know? And this year, it's like, you know what? Christmas starts the day after Halloween. Next year, Christmas starts the day after 4th of July. I'm bringing it. <laughs> I'll join you on that too because we do go through a lot to decorate the house and then three weeks later we take it all down and I, I do want to enjoy it longer than three weeks so and the house looks good when it's all decorated for Christmas yeah. I, I like it so 
uh, a goal by Christmas. So I guess my goal would actually be to put up a tree and Christmas lights next year. So, Thank you. Yeah, there, okay, that's my goal. <laughs> All right, there you go. So we're going to go ahead and wrap up this holiday special for Inside the Desert Oasis Room. This is going to be released between Christmas and New Year. So by this time, everybody's already experienced their Christmas. So we hope everybody had a great holiday and we hope you all have a safe New Year. And Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Hanukkah, Merry Happy Kwanzaa. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Hanukkah. <laughs> Happy New Year, guys. Be safe out there, party people. All right, we'll catch you on the next one. Cheers and aloha.